What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Whew, it's been a lot to get into. And I've been trying to stay up with all the games and stuff, which I have been, but I can't post like literally every single day. I gotta let one episode breathe for a little bit before I give y'all another one. So mm, let's just get right into it. The Bulls and Knicks played tonight. And they honored Joakim Noah. With good reason, because he was a part of a rebuilding Bulls franchise. And up until now, I think like the hmm, 2009, 10, 11, 12 Bulls were like the glory years of the current era, you know. So the game was good, but the Bulls kind of fell behind and they almost completed the comeback. They almost got to the comeback. But ended up falling short to the Knicks by one. I'm not really too mad about this loss because I already know there's going to be a lot more wins to come with the Bulls. Especially now that they've established their team chemistry. You got Levine scoring. You got small balls distributing distributing, blah, distributing the ball at the point. You got DeRozan doing his thing. Like, everything is coming together. And I hope they keep this core. And I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. Please stay healthy because that's one issue the Bulls have been having for years upon years is injuries. But they've always shown mad fight and mad heart, even when they fucking sucked. So I'm not even mad about this loss because they had won literally four games in a row. And that was the first time in fucking 25 years that the Bulls have been 4-0 since the 96-97 season. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy to imagine because... For one, I don't want to admit it was 25 fucking years ago. And two, it's like, okay, you guys have the makings of doing something special because I truly believe that the NBA East is a better place when the Knicks and Bulls are very competitive. And neither of them have been really good these past couple of years. So to see both teams on the come up and see them see like the quote-unquote rivalry be being reborn before us like that's always a good thing to see as a basketball fan now let's go over to the west the lakers won two games in a row okay i did i did a show about the first win didn't do a show about the second win but they played the okc thunder they were up by 26 points at one point and i was already out I was already out at the bar. I didn't. I watched the game a little bit, but I really wasn't paying attention like that. But I really didn't trip about the lead because I'm like, leads can be broken. And as sure as shit, I was correct. Not only did the Lakers blow a 26-point lead to the upstart Thunder, but Russell Westbrook had a quadruple-double. I think he had something like 30-something points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And also 10 turnovers. I'm just throwing out stats out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure that the stat line looks something like that. And not only did he have the 10 turnovers that contributed to the big-ass Lakers loss and the blown lead, he also got ejected at the end, like at, literally at the tail end of the game. So it was a little bit pointless to eject him if the game was going to end anyway because he thought it was disrespectful for a player, for a Thunder player to dunk at the end of the game. Well, listen, I find it disrespectful that a team full of future Hall of Famers had a 26-point lead. 
and didn't press down their throats to make them know they weren't winning shit. To me, you not holding yourself accountable, which you usually do, for this loss was was, ah, was more fucking disrespectful than that Thunder player doing what the fuck he did. You getting ejected. That shit right there, not only was that disrespectful, but it was embarrassing on the Lakers. It's not enough that the Lakers also had to deal with fucking Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis fighting on the bench. That was already enough. And they lost that game as well. But for y'all to do what you did and for you to do what you did personally was some bullshit to me. And I don't, like I said, I don't sugarcoat shit. I hold everybody accountable. Everybody who was on that team should have did their part to make sure that they did not blow a lead like that. And then Carmelo Anthony pretty much fucked up and airballed a shot at the end of the fucking game. So everybody, as usual, is showing their asses, talking about the Lakers blew, blew the lead, turnovers this, turnovers that. However, however, when the Lakers actually win a game, or two, literally fucking two because they're two and three right now, I can't get nobody to even sniff my post, let alone like them or anything you know what i'm saying so if you're gonna show your asses in a loss please show your asses in a win and russ's three-point percentage is pretty much bricklaying status but if you're gonna come for russ's head for doing that then don't give damon damian Lillard any passes either because he's doing the same thing as russ is only fucking worse so if you're going to hold one player accountable for his three-point percentage being bricks, hold the one to the same fucking standards that you hold the other one. And also, big-time game today. We had the Green Bay Packers going against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Now, I actually said this on the mic with Mike. I told him that you can't count out Aaron Rodgers. Because even though Kyler Murray has been looking fucking amazing... The Cardinals have been looking amazing. You cannot count out Aaron Rodgers because we already know that his, I think three of his receivers are out with injuries, so he didn't have very little to work with. But somehow, some way, that bad man did what he was supposed to do, and he won this game for his team. And I'm not even surprised about it. Like, Kyler Murray, he did his thing for the first seven fucking weeks of the NFL season. And you got your team to this point where you guys can be potential Super Bowl contenders. And I definitely respect that. But when you go against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you can never completely count him out. As long as he's able to run, he's able to throw, he's able to pass, you definitely got to keep your eyes open and don't let your guard down because Aaron Rodgers will sneak up on your ass and beat you when you don't think he can do it. And that's pretty much what happened in this Thursday night football game. And I really haven't covered too much NFL because I've been so damn busy focusing on basketball and stuff. But obviously when a big game like this is coming up, I got to talk about it. And this definitely fit the bill. I did my NFL picks. I don't remember exactly which teams I chose, so I'm not even going to go through all those right now. But yeah, like my main primary focus right now is the NBA season. And, of course, James Harden. His free throw percentage is down. Like, he hasn't taken more than fucking five free throws per game. Because I don't even have the stats on me right now, but I know that, like, 
maybe the first game he had three, like three, like three. The other game he had two. Like pretty much, it's not going over five. So pretty much, because we all know that James Harden would flop, and they're not calling the damn flops on him no more. So we can get to the line and get the half of his points that he was getting. So this is when you see what James Harden is really made of. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you can't use the line as a crush to get fucking 30 points a night anymore because the refs are calling you out on it and the rules have changed. So how can you really execute if you can't get to the line every 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 time down the floor? And the Brooklyn Nets, they also lost the game. And they're struggling without Kyrie, which was to be expected. And I definitely respect Kyrie for doing what's best for him at the end of the day. He's standing up for what he believes in. Okay, we get that. But you had to know that Brooklyn was going to suffer in his absence. Because you can't look to Harden and KD to do every fucking thing. They needed that third piece. And that third piece was Kyrie. So... It's still fucking early in the season. There's no, like, there's really not a solid foundation to say what's going to happen. And that goes for everybody in the NBA. Because we know that fans are just excited to see basketball again. So they're going to have their predictions of what they think is going to happen. But it, but things could turn completely around for everybody. Well, not everybody, but pretty much the relevant teams. It could turn around for the Lakers. It could turn around for the Nets. You know what I'm saying? Like, pretty much the teams that everybody sees in the finals are struggling right now. But, like I said, it's not even it's not even November yet. You know what I'm saying? Just give the chance, give the season a chance to like settle in fully before you really make too many prejudgments on what's gonna happen. And I don't have high hopes for the Lakers, of course, but that's another story for another day. And on that note, I'm gonna wrap things up here. My loyal listeners, I thank you so very much once again for your love and your support. Keep running up the listens on Dangerous Sports Talk. Also, tune in to On the Mic with Mike on Energy Radio from set really from 8 to 9 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday. And peace out.